It was great. I'm still recovering a little bit. But yeah, it was it was really great. Just in terms of like the jet lag catching up with you? Yeah, I, I don't know what it is. I think it's just pure exhaustion that I, I haven't quite felt this way before. <laughs> I'm just so exhausted. Um, but it's been great because I just wake up at 7 a.m. now and start my day super early. <laughs> I love it. I, lo- I love waking up yeah. early. It's great. It's a hard habit to keep up in, in the long run. But when, when you do, when you do start waking up early, I'm like a, I'm a 6 a.m. riser myself. You're like, I don't, why don't I just do this every day? It's so nice and it's quiet and it's like cool outside. Yeah, it's true. It is really nice. You're like, oh, I, I should do this all the time. I suppose your lifestyle doesn't necessarily afford you the ability to do that. I mean, certainly not when you're playing shows. Yeah, usually no. Although on tour, that's pretty much tour life is getting up, burning the candle at both ends. Just just in terms of like getting up and getting into the uh, the van or bus. And- yeah, exactly. Yeah, chase, chasing a bus is uh, <laughs> means you stay late and wake up early. You said you weren't you weren't used to the this specific form of exhaustion. Was this your first European tour? Uh no. This is actually probably like my fourth tour. <laughs> since the pandemic has started in support of fatigue. But for some reason, it really just hit me on the way back in a way that I hadn't hadn't really felt. I'm just very tired. How have you managed to fit four tours in during all of this? <laughs> That's a great question. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, it's four, I guess. Black Midi, um, Animal Collective, and uh, a run in November. Yeah, and then this one was Jeremy Manhattan. The album came out in twenty. It came out last year. Is that right? <laughs> I think so. Okay, twenty twenty one of my life. <laughs> I know, and like, and even if it wasn't, just all 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 time has gone out the window. Yeah, and I've talked to a lot of people about this about you know releasing an album during a pandemic, and it must feel. I mean, especially in your case, you know, second record, and a lot of people got really excited about it. I mean, certainly that was the first time I had heard about you and then it must just feel like kind of like running headlong into a wall and feeling like, (laughs) you know, there's this like excitement around it, but you can't necessarily take advantage of it. Yeah. I mean, we, to be honest, like we, we've gotten so lucky. We've been taking advantage of everything. (laughs) Uh, We've been like playing so much and and doing so much, um, which is also a really weird cognitive dissonance to know that there's so much going on, but still, you know, we're keeping on, which I guess is on brand with the uh, the title of the record. <laughs> is there a sense in which this was a pandemic record? I think it was and it wasn't in the same way that the first record was a grief record and it wasn't. I think, you know, I'd already been thinking about a lot of these themes um, and ideas before the pandemic. And then the pandemic hit and it really kind of solidified a lot. Um, and put a lot into focus for me. There's kind of the thematic answer, but I was also just thinking of it in terms of like, oh, I've suddenly got a lot of time on my hands. <laughs> I'm, I'm suddenly by myself a lot. And, and you know, once I've sort of, you know, maybe burned through everything on Netflix, it, it's time <laughs> to really kind of to get to it and, and start putting this thing together. Yeah, no, I mean, the record was mostly done um, before the pandemic. But the pandemic just gave me a lot of time to tweak endlessly and to think about it a lot the bulk of it was already done um i actually didn't feel like i could do much of anything during the pandemic that was creative um or you know uh, yeah i wasn't writing lots of songs or doing much of anything really except you know working my job um which i've, I've since left but i wasn't feeling particularly creative in a musical sense dealing with depression or something else not depression just you know the enormity of everything just not really feeling like i had i had space for it or didn't want to make space for it i'm not i'm not sure but it wasn't really happening in that way i spent a lot of time cleaning my apartment (laughs) and you know which is also a way of preparing for me i guess is you know just making sure my space was really clean and getting rid of a lot of equipment that I didn't need and fixing stuff that was broken. And I guess just preparing for, you know, the next phase that I guess I'm now in. 
I'm in this one bedroom in Queens and especially during the pandemic, the clutter really starts to to pile up. And, you know, when, when you do take the time and really focus on like getting things in order and, and cleaning your apartment, like it really, it can really clear your head and it's shockingly closely tied to, to that. I mean, I know it's like metaphorical, but when your apartment or your house is clean, like then you can start focusing on other things. It's so true. My mom would always say like your, your, um, your room ref- reflects your state of mind. And it really does for me if I'm really frazzled and I feel a little out of control and things are just kind of happening, my space will just be a complete mess. And I won't be able to think like before I practice, even I have to kind of organize my space and put things away. Has your relationship to making music changed at all? I mean, in, in the wake of this, this record specifically, it sounds like it's become your job or, or at least like your, your kind of sole or primary focus in a way that it wasn't previously. Yeah. It's, I feel like my relationship to music is always very uh, strange <laughs> and, ev- and evolving in some way. It is, it is more of a job now for sure. Um, and, and uh, also more of a not job <laughs> more. I don't want to say hobby, but something else. Um, just because I have just more time in general to kind of focus on it. And yeah, I'm trying to figure out what that means, but it feels right right now. I mean, I think for a lot of people, there's a resistance to frame it that way because once you consider it a job and you like, at very least you take a little bit of the romance out of it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I, to be honest, I feel like some of the romance was taken out of it when it wasn't a job also (laughs) just doing everything yourself. And you're just, I don't know, feeling like no one's, responding or you're tired. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's music is hard no matter what I think. <laughs> I know you went for to, to school for it. So, I mean, there must've been, there, there must've been a point when it, it felt like this was something that you really wanted to pursue full time. I never really had that thought. Honestly, I, I studied it. And, you know, when I was studying, it was really just kind of more of a, a historical approach rather than, you know, like playing, but um, it never really occurred to me. I never thought that I would be at the point where I am now where people care <laughs> and I can play for people and do things and travel. I, I never, ever thought that that would be the case. So I think the the main thing that has changed is just kind of like coming to terms with being a um, professional musician, which I would never think of myself as and still feels weird. Like I, I had trouble saying that a few seconds ago, because it's just like me, really? <laughs> I mean, what's your sense of, of the disconnect there? I mean, why, why was it something that seemed, I mean, especially somebody coming from a musical family, why did it seem so impossible? Um, just because it's hard. And because it wasn't, you know, it's in some to some degree, it's not really up to me, right? It it has other people have to believe in the work and want to support it, and um, that's not something that I felt on like a, a large scale, or you know, even a medium scale <laughs> for a long time, and and had you know really tried to to get my music out there for you know as long as I've been making music, and didn't think that it would be possible just because it's hard. And I, you know, had no intention on stopping making music. I just hadn't thought that it would be a job. And I also didn't know if that was the goal for me necessarily. Like, especially my first record, I had a lot of conversations with the engineer, Andrew Lappin, and we would always say, you know, like, no one's going to like this record and we don't care. Like, this is what we want to make. And it feels right. It's a difficult way to go through life and, not knowing whether the audience is going to be there, but maybe there's a sense in which that's kind of liberating. Oh, it's very liberating. I think. Um, I mean, I, I, at least at this moment, and I I hope it continues. um, I feel like I have a career on, on my own terms, which is, you know, I, not everybody has that. 
And I'm really, really grateful for that. And part of that is because I really have not compromised in any way on anything that I, that I wanted um, or wanted, wanted to say or wanted to express. Um, and I was, I'm really thankful to have a team that also allows me to do that and supports that and expects that of me, which also is, you know, I, I never would have expected that either. That's definitely, um, yeah, I'm grateful for that. Kind of looking at you and your career from the outside and, and hearing you describe some of the kind of the journey that you went on to get here, it sounds like part of part of it was really that like you yourself had to figure out exactly what it was that you wanted to do. I mean, musically specifically, as somebody who was playing classical music on the piano or the recorder and then went through kind of a like a rock phase and, you know, decided to pick up the bass. Like a lot of it was really sort of the journey of finding your own voice. Yeah. I mean, in a lot of ways, I feel like the, the, the voice part was kind of the easy part in some ways where my, my friends would kind of joke that everything goes through the Taja filter where, you know, a lot of the songs that I'm working on now, for example, are things that I wrote in high school or think and alongside things that I wrote like a week ago and they feel they feel really cohesive together. But it's more that, you know, I just had a lot of things going on, had a lot of different interests and we're trying to, you know, just navigating that, but it all kind of like came together through me in some way. I think part part of the difficulty was just really uh I guess figuring out how to package that <laughs> or how to like message that or communicate that to other people. Like that's the part that really does not come naturally to me at all. I, I just know how to do the the doing. I guess the packaging is, at least in a certain sense, what I'm getting at as well. I had had a guest on the show and he actually turned me on to your music. And when I listened to it, I mean, the thing that really struck me is that that there's not a lot of context for it when you go and listen. It's like, it's so different, but in a, in a kind of a really, in a beautiful way. I mean, that that is something, right? That's something that takes time. That's something that like, that you have to hone over time. Yeah, I well, yeah, I think so. But for for me, it actually feels a little bit like the opposite where I I feel like I'm constantly chasing this moment of being a teenager and the things that I would make when I was like 16 <laughs> and just didn't know any better and didn't know that I was making something weird. I was just making what I wanted to make and wanting to feel that sense of freedom. Um and so, so in a lot of ways, I feel like I'm trying to like unlearn a lot of stuff and, and go backwards <laughs> to, to those moments because I, sometimes I listen to those demos and I'm just like, man, what was I thinking? Like I did, I thought that I could do that. Like that's, that's so strange. <laughs> Is there a sense though, in which you had to, to actually learn those things in order to unlearn them? Yeah. I know that's like a completely abstract question, but as somebody who also comes from the art world and somebody, especially jazz, appreciates jazz, there's a technical proficiency required to get yourself outside of it. Yeah, I know. I actually feel like I, you know, a lot, I have some regret about not learning enough or not being like technical enough. Like I, I feel like all the things I do are really kind of visceral and immediate. And so I was able to circumvent a lot. Like a lot of the songs I would make early on came from mistakes <laughs> I would make when I was practicing piano. So it was kind of like anti-technique in a way. What's that process like of going back and, you know, rediscovering that music from, you know, so many years ago? Um, it's a mess because I have no archiving system. Just like at all. literally in terms of like how <laughs> how it exists in the world. Yeah, it's weird. It's you know, it, it's just a mess of audio files at this point. I have no system for going through anything. And I have, you know, I, I, as a part of my practice, I, I just record audio in my environment. So I have a lot of that along with a lot of demos. And then there's like different versions and they're all just kind of swimming in on a hard drive. And I kind of have my own internal systems for like, I, I know what the names are and then like the secondary names and the tertiary names and all of that. But it's really just horrible. Kind of going back and, and re-engaging with the, the 
the older stuff. Is that is that something that you've come to relatively recently? I mean, is was was there a period of time when you didn't engage with it at all? No, it's it was always it's always on the table and it's always around. It's something that I kind of continually go back to. Uh, time kind of collapses on itself, I guess, when I'm writing because I'll take stuff from something I made up before bed the last week with something that I have been sitting on for 10 years or something. It all, you know, when the moment is right, the moment is right. But yeah, that's why I also need a better archiving system. That strikes me as especially difficult to kind of find that, to find that through line. It's one thing to kind of, to go back and listen to it and create something now for it, but to really take these two dissident pieces and is, is it about finding a connection between the two? Yeah. I mean, I, I sort of operate on the principle that there are no bad ideas. There's just, um, you know, you just have to find the right time and the right place and the right way. <laughs> um, and so I just keep everything mostly because I'm afraid that I'll never come up with another idea again. But if I have an archive, then it doesn't matter <laughs> and I can always go back to it. So I think, yeah, for me, it's just a matter of recycling, really. Um, and I just want everything to find a home. It's like they're all my little children, and I want them all to be treated well and go out into the world and have a life. Um, and so I keep going back to the things that I haven't used yet to see if it's their moment. No such thing as a bad idea, but also, I mean, you're, you know, y- your job in a lot of sense is 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 being a curator you know and and you do and you come from the world of curation you know both in terms of the museum work that you've done i know i know you were like me i know you were a a dj in college and like that's it's about curation and it's about i guess juxtaposition in a sense right of like making making sure everything flows together yeah definitely that that definitely resonates with me I guess a lot of it is really just it is kind of like knowing when to push things to the side. Yeah, totally. I, you know, uh, I've tried to not bang my head against a wall. <laughs> I'll do that up to a point. And if it doesn't work, then I just find something else. Found sound is, is a big part of what you, what you do as well. I mean, are you just like, are you just constantly walking around and recording interesting things in the world? Well, sometimes... Sometimes I'm on a mission like that and I really just want to find the right thing and I'll turn on, um, you know, a recording device and see what happens. But a lot of the time it's just, I feel inspired by something in my environment or I hear something that reminds me of something, or if it's an important moment, I'll try to record it. Um, and it's never really to use it in a, you know, recording environment ever. I never really go in with that purpose. And when I try to, it usually doesn't work. Um, but you know, it's really just to remember my life and remember where I am because the sound will help trigger a lot for me. And it's a way of keeping it more so than photos. I don't, um, that, that never really worked for me, but recording audio does. And it helps bring me back to certain moments. It is an interesting thing. You know, I am constantly taking photos that I never, (laughs) that I never engage with. Right. I mean, and that's the, you know, that's sort of the double edged sword of digital recording, you know, both audio and, and visual is that like, you know, you you go around, you take, you know, millions of photos and they just sort of like, and, and, and the only end result of it is you have to keep paying more for your iCloud storage <laughs> over time. Divorced from this idea of going back and, and using it or incorporating it into the music, how do you how do you re-engage with just sounds? I listen to them a lot. Um, I'll go back to them. And um, there's some that I really, really love that I'll listen to a lot. And, and usually when that starts happening, that's when the gears start turning and I'm like, okay, maybe this is something that could belong in a song or on a record in some way. But I, I, I do listen to them quite a bit and I have a pretty good sense of what's there, but it's always really funny because I, I do it at different moments and, you know, I, I listen, there's hundreds, probably thousands of these recordings and I list, I go through them every once in a while and depending on the day and my mood they might sound completely different and it's almost like I never heard them before or something will be triggered in me where I'm like, Oh wait, I need to use this for this 
or this reminds me of this other thing. And so it's always somehow new, which is really exciting for me. You listen to sound like just, I I guess, in the way that most people engage with music. Is that fair to say? I mean, it's usually uh, maybe. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Trying to picture you like the environment that you're sitting in, like, you know, are, are you on the, are you on the train? Are you just like sitting at home at your laptop? Like, how are you, how are you yeah. re-engaging the sound? Sometimes it's on the train. Sometimes, you know, if I'm about to start a recording project, sometimes I'll, I'll, that's usually a moment when I'll go back through things and see what's there and try to flag things and star things that are really interesting to me. There's a lot of intentionality there, right? I mean, it's, it's different. It's different when you're like, oh, it's time, you know, I'm putting this record together and I need to like see what can go on it to just be like, hey, like, you know, I'm just going through my life. And that thing I heard three months ago, I want to hear again. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I think I, I mean, I do also just kind of listen to it every once in a while. Like there are some that if I record something that's really, really like touches me in some way. I'll listen to that for like weeks straight um, and just kind of try to wrap my mind around it or think about it or just listen to it if I really, really like it. Especially during this, th- these extremely difficult last few years and what, what sounds have given you comfort? It's mostly conversations. I, 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 I um, have to take a lot of cars for, um, cause I can't drive and to, so to you live to, in New York city, you know, it's, yeah, it's just to get part of that's life how here. it works. Um, but I, I'll record conversations sometimes with some of the drivers because it, it always fascinates me how you can have really intimate conversations with someone you don't know. And I feel like that actually happens in New York a lot and it happens really quickly. And then all of a sudden I'm in this space that I really didn't expect to be in. And so I'll record a lot of those conversations. And I'll, I'll listen back to them a lot. I've never really used them for anything. Um, but I, I listen back to them because some of them are just really, really incredible. That's more like listening to a podcast than listening to music, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's all kind of the same to me. Um, they're all just files on, on my phone. <laughs> do they know they're being recorded? or you t- Do you tell them that you or do you just kind of sneakily turn the recorder on? In the no, back? they don't. They don't know. And that's also because I don't intend on using them for anything except just to listen to them. And then once it becomes something else, then, you know, that becomes a real moral thing for me. And I, you know, that's probably part of the reason why I haven't used any of those in particular. But, you know, it gets it gets hairy when you do things in this way. You know? So and I don't really want to feel disrespected or, um, you know, taken advantage of or anything like that. At the point that they're being used, people know. <laughs> That's totally fair. And, you know, and I'm, it's just, it's one of those things, right? It's like Heisenberg uncertainty principle of like, people just act differently when they know they're being recorded. Yeah. Or they're like performative in a way they wouldn't be otherwise. Totally. I mean, I, when I record myself, even I try and I know that I'm doing it. I, I kind of try to like trick myself or, you know, keep it on for a really long time so that I kind of forget that it's rolling. So I get to another place. Um, but I'm also, I've, I've been doing it with myself for so long that it's kind of easy to kind of just be myself with, with everything recording, but it is slightly different. You mean in terms of when you're making music? Well, yeah, if I'm, if I'm making music or if I'm just kind of like around in the house, sometimes I'll just like record myself or, you know, just kind of all all things that I do. <laughs> if I'm in the shower, sometimes I'll just like record myself singing in the shower or like lot. I record all kinds of things. <laughs> Your job as a musician is really being an editor. It sounds like. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of, I kind of feel like music is written just living life. And at the times that I sit down, it's just kind of like, it just is happening. And then I just kind of make choices or I edit things down in the sense that to actually sort of like if if you were to sit down and and play an instrument it's very deliberate in a way that it wouldn't be if you were just sort of recording yourself casually yeah but I do you know I I I grew up studying music in a very specific kind of way and 
uh, I think once I started writing my own music, I realized that I didn't really want to be alone at an instrument all the time. And so I don't know. I think I, I, I really do think of like my life as, as the moments when the music is actually being written. And then I sit down and it just kind of like comes out, but it, but, but I don't think of the moments where I'm by myself at my computer, even though they're the more deliberate moments is the moments when the music is being made in my mind. It's like, it's being made when I'm with people and when I'm um, enjoying life or when I'm not enjoying life or, you know, whatever. Obviously one of the upsides of it is, is, you know, you get to make your own hours, but the downside of that specifically is that you're always, there's a sense in which you're kind of always on the clock, right? There, you know, even if you are somebody who makes music in a more deliberate way, you know, there I everybody's got an iPhone on them now and people sort of like sing something or like when an idea comes in into their head, can it be harder for you to engage with the world if that's always kind of in the back of your head? I, I think about that less in terms of the creation of music and more just with everything else. (laughs) But it also just feels like kind of the flip side of a coin that I already had in my pocket somehow. Cause I, you know, as a curator, I also feel like, you know, I, artists would call me sometimes at like 9 p.m. or on Saturdays and Sundays, or I was always working on Saturdays and Sundays too. And, you know, in the, in the evenings during the week. So I, you know, and that was because artists are, are always kind of working whenever they're working. Um, so I feel like it's just kind of like um, the flip side of, of that, that kind of life that I already knew and was accustomed to, but now I feel a little bit more control over it in a way. Um, Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) I had a cartoonist on the show years ago and she, she was doing a lot of um, memoir strips at the time, you know, and she was doing it. She was actually doing a daily one to talk about like feeling obligated to at the end of the day, like to to have something. And, And she told me that because of that, there is this long period in her life where she was thinking about all of her interactions in terms of being, being a three panel comic. (laughs) There's a way in which like, if you don't, you know, and and I guess like in a sense, I'm kind of going through this too, right. As somebody who used to go into an office and now lives at home, like it is, it becomes really hard to, to separate the two and it becomes hard for you to kind of clock out maybe and live your life. If like, there's always this sort of, this notion that like you should be mining some of this for, for art or for music. Yeah, that's true. I think um, right now I'm kind of leaning into that confusion because I feel like I'm maybe on a path toward trying to find um, more structure in my life. (laughs) Like I know that that's something that I want and need um, in terms of, you know, when I make music and how I do it and what sort of like, you know, business I take care of pertaining to music during the day and things like that. Um, which is something that I had a lot of growing up and really like loved and wanted and then ran away from. And now I feel like I'm running back toward structure in, in some way. So I know that's like, this is part of the path is like the really confusing moment of not knowing when to turn things off and on then eventually, hopefully, I'll, you know, settle into some kind of schedule. You had had more structure as far as like, as far as classical training? Yeah, or just like, you know, as a kid, you also just have more structure in general. But I loved it. I loved having like, this happens at this time. And I was very busy. So I had a lot of things to, to schedule. <laughs> um, and then really, really, really hated it. And now I'm kind of at a, at a point where I'm hoping to return to more of a routine, you know, even for things that don't pertain to music, like I'm starting to explore an interest in meditation, for example, and like would love to find time to meditate every day for 10 minutes. Um, and would love to find time to do like something every day. I don't know. I think there's something very beautiful about having something that you return to continually at a specific time, or I don't know, something about like, having a a regimen is really appealing to me. I go in and out with meditation as probably a lot of people do, but I, I started again recently. I started taking anti-anxiety medication and I found that that is, has helped tremendously because 
you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I suspect having listened, like read interviews that you've done and, and listened to interviews with you that you have a similar problem to me. Anxiety. I have a lot of anxiety. <laughs> well, anxiety, anxiety, but, but also specific and we, and we can get that, that, but also specifically the issue of like living in your own head. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. I definitely live in my own head. Is that a plus or minus when it comes to making art? I think it's both definitely in equal measure. Um, I don't think I would make the work that I make if I didn't to some degree. And I know that's something about me that's sometimes really positive and really great. I think it's helped me to develop a sound that really feels like it belongs to me. And that's something I, I want to continue and something that I take pride in, but also it makes it hard to connect with other people and to feel normal and to have relationships and things like that. Um, so, you know, it's a, it's a given, it's a give and take. I feel like tour really kind of exacerbates that in a way because it's like, you know, this world that has existed in my head is now like has a physical location (laughs) and people are responding to that thing. Um, but also tour can be like, so alienating in in a lot of ways. How so? Uh, it's just hard. (laughs) I think you're around a lot. You're around a lot of people, but you know, like you're never not around people too, is the issue. Yeah. You're never not around people. There's no real consistency. It's very easy to feel extremely, lonely even though there are like a lot of people that are there and are responding to the music and love it and are really receptive and kind but at the same time it's like also extremely extremely lonely and alienating in a lot of ways to a large extent it's it's self-selecting right i mean in terms of the people who you choose to be in your band for example right i mean you know you and i assume partially because of success in this record that you're, you're able to choose them maybe in a way that you weren't, you weren't able to before. And you're able to sort of like to build those relationships and figure out like who you can probably get along with for an extended period of time on the road. And then obviously the people who are like coming out to listen to your music specifically, there's clearly some kind of a common bond there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the, the number one priority for me is always to play with people that I love and am friends with. And so that's kind of always the thing. Like I'm, I'm lucky enough to have friends that are really incredible musicians and, and seem to like playing my music. <laughs> um, there's there's always that doubt. <laughs> really? You want to play this? Like, are you sure? <laughs> I think you're confident. And, and I think like, you know, that like, I'm not confident, but I think you're confident that you're making something really interesting and perhaps good, but there's always that doubt. Is it just the worry that like, that this could just go away at any time? Oh, I'm not confident in anything. I I really, (laughs) every, every day I wake up and I'm like, really? People are listening to this thing. Just the act of putting something out into the world. Like not everyone does that. Not everyone can do that. Yeah, that's true. There, there, there is some belief in there. Um, but it's also like, I don't know what else to do. I guess. <laughs> it's just sort of like a, 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 an instinct or a reflex, like sharing music just feels like the right thing. Um, but I don't take any of it for granted. And I am extremely aware that like all of this could go away tomorrow for any number of reasons. Um, and you know, I didn't expect any of this to begin with. I really, I mean, I told you, I released this first record and, and I was pretty sure no one would listen to it. And I was okay with that because I just, I just wanted to, to release it. And now I've like, you know, kind of hit a lot of goals for myself that I never thought I would ever realistically be able to reach. So now the rest is gravy. Now, now it's kind of easier. (laughs) It's like, okay, I've achieved, I've achieved the list of things that I, Always wanted to, but didn't think I would. So now I just get to have fun. <laughs> you say you didn't know what else to do, but I mean, obviously, like you're somebody who has found 
success outside of music. Because you were working for PS1, right? Mm-hmm. It's a big deal. You know, it's a big, that's a big deal art museum and being a curator there is, is a big deal. So it's not that, you know, when you say you didn't know what else to do, it's not that you didn't have other options. You had plenty of options. Yeah, that's, that's true. It's more, less of like a practical thing, more of like, you know, the impulse to make music and to, um, to share it with other people is something that I will always have if there's like, whether there's zero people listening or there's like a hundred people listening or like a thousand, like that's just something I feel like I will always, I've, I have always had, and I can't imagine not having, I guess that's kind of what I, what I meant. It sounds like there was a long period where, where you made a lot of music and you, and you didn't share it with people. Yeah. Well, it's more, it's more that I, I made it and shared it, but it's hard to figure out how to tap into any kind of like larger network than the network of your friends. Right. Like that's, that's something that is still kind of a mystery to me, to be perfectly honest, like how to, to find an audience outside of like the people that you know, and you meet, you know, one-on-one. And so I was making a lot of music and I was playing a lot of shows and, and doing what I could, but I couldn't really figure that part of it out. Um, and I still, I still don't really understand it. And so I think it's still something that it's like, it mystifies me and is also just like, I'm so grateful for because I, because I don't understand it (laughs) and because it's something that I really wanted for such a long time, which also just comes out of a a desire for community and connection at its base level. Like that's the, the best part of playing shows for me is really just like looking at people and having conversations with other people, especially as someone that like lives in, in my head, you know, like th- those are, that's, that's when that really happens for me and feels like really genuine and real. So, you know, I'm on stage and, t- and connecting with people through music. That's when, you know, it, that just feels right. <laughs> you have, but I mean, is, was it, is you're, you're from here. I mean, you, you've lived in New York. I mean, I, I, you know, I know you went to college out, out outside of the city, but like you, you basically lived in New York your entire life. Is there, has there always been that sense of community? I mean, have you always been able to kind of find that group of people who are doing something, if not doing something similar to you, or at least like are interested in, in what you're doing and want to collaborate with you? Um, <laughs> I feel like that's always kind of been a struggle for me in some ways. Like I've always, I've always had, I've always had a community of people, be it like one person, like a, I had a, a, a close friend in high school who I would, you know, just rock around the hallways and we would just harmonize together. And like, that was my person. And, you know, I've always had someone like that around and I'm really grateful for that. But, you know, in moments where I've tried to grow that community, that's often felt hard for me or difficult for me. And, and even now, like I have tons of friends that make music and are musicians and are awesome, but collaborating is always very hard for me. And uh, I guess like really, really finding a sense of community is, is sometimes hard for me. And I think that's probably part of the reason why I'm interested in being a curator and why I opened up my home for shows and did all of those things is sort of like a, trying to really just find that, or if I can't find it for myself to foster it with other people and between other people too. But that's me being pessimistic. I've always had community in some way, but it, it but I don't know. It, it's hard. New York is hard. I didn't realize it was hard until very recently. <laughs> uh, what just when you started doing music full time, or when did it get hard in a way it wasn't before? Well, I just never. I didn't know anything else really. So you know, I like New York is a small town, and I. In, in a lot of ways like that, you know, people talk about like their small town in in the Midwest and, and sometimes a lot of their experiences like really feel like things that I have experienced also. It's also really, really not. <laughs> and there's a lot of competition and energy and things happening. And I, I don't think I was as sensitive to it because, you know, I'm just like a fish in water. Now I know a little bit more and yeah, it is, it is sometimes hard to find community. I remember like when I was first going to DIY shows as, you know, a high schooler, because those are the only shows that I could really get into. And, and I, I would, you know, 
I, I wanted to be friends with the bands that were playing and I wanted to be involved in putting together the shows. And I just really couldn't find my way and felt like kind of ostracized and alienated. Not, not like anyone was like actively mean to me. It's just like, I couldn't like figure out how to be involved in a real, in a real way. And that was sort of like, you know, my formative musical years in terms of like trying to be an artist and trying to um, put together shows and, 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 and play, you know, make records and stuff like that. But you look back on these, these things that you went through and to a certain extent you realize like, Oh, I was doing that to myself. (laughs) The reason why, the reason why it was hard for me to connect with other people is because I was making it hard. I, I've been through that before too, where it's just like you know I've like gone through periods of like whatever, like depression or something else, and it was just like yeah, I a, a lot of that is a product of kind of living living in your own head and like you know perceiving whether it's like slights or you know assuming that people are judging you because because you know all, all all you can do is 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 think about that and and it really. And that, that's, that's, that's something, that's something where meditation has helped me is, is quieting some of that and just like letting, letting experience happen and just like letting people engage with you on their own terms. Part of it, I definitely feel like I've made up and part of it, I think, you know, was a real feeling of not belonging also because of like the sort of stuff I was making. When you're going out of your way to make something that's difficult to define, like you're there, there is, there is a sense in which you are like making it more difficult for people to, if not connect with you, at least like find you. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And you know, the people I was meeting, I think we had a lot of the same reference points, but just like came out in a very different kind of, way <laughs> um so you know i was sending music to a lot of people and they were like i don't know what to do with this at all you mentioned playing with animal collective before like and and you know i've heard you discuss that and as somebody who you know m- m- maybe an influencer at least like somebody that, that you were really interested in and and i think there is this like this beautiful thing in music of you know pe- people coming from like really different approaches and, but still like finding those, those through points. Right. And, and, and like, I mean, there are, there are a lot of senses in which the music that you make is very different than the music that animal collective makes, but like, it also makes perfect sense to me that, that those, that you would open for them. Yeah. There was, (laughs) there was a funny moment on the very last day of tour and we were all kind of hanging out and, and um and eating and talking and uh dave came up to me and he was like oh yeah i forgot to tell you there's uh basically like there's all these a lot of the samples from sung tongs were taken in crown heights and that was a really insane moment for me Because that's, you know, what I had been doing in the same exact neighborhood at a very different time. And we had this connection that I didn't even, wouldn't have expected and didn't know about at all. And just like the way that we're, we're making things. There are lots of connections for sure, but that was like a really specific one that really kind of blew me away a little bit. You're from there, obviously, and your family's from there. Did he give you a sense of like what drew them there? I think it's just proximity. And I think, you know, some of them must have been living around there at some point, but I don't want to get the history wrong or anything like that. Um, but yeah, that was, that was very funny for me. <laughs> and that does kind of get back to that, that idea of being a fish in water, as you said, of just like, of just being, I mean, you're surrounded by sounds here. You know, I, I think about this a lot cause I, I'm from San Francisco originally. I went to school in Santa Cruz, which is just like, I don't know if you've ever been, but it's like, it's the middle of the forest, basically. It's like the Redwood Forest. And I came out here and I was living here for a few years. And I remember that experience of like, first going back and realizing, hadn't, hadn't occurred to me at all, but realizing like, oh, I, 
there's been a period of several years where I've not experienced complete darkness and I've not experienced complete silence it, because there's so many people and there's so much stuff going on that it's easy to kind of to, to, to disconnect from it. And, and I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm reading it wrong, but, but it sounds like a lot of what you do is finding a way to kind of re-engage with some of those sounds. Yeah, I guess in a way, I mean, I, I've never really felt disengaged from my environment in a way. It's more just a way to keep it, um, keep those moments closer to me and to really, really remember them. Um, I think now in the past like month or so, <laughs> I'm feeling now, you know, after another tour and things like that, I'm feeling like, okay, like, what am I doing here? Or that's like an extremely, extremely recent feeling or, or, or wonder. And that also just comes more out of a interest in nature that I never really had before. You feel like for the first time in your life, you're thinking about leaving? Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's a thought that every New Yorker has at some point. And then it's sort of like, no, but I could never. <laughs> I would go out of my mind after, after like a month of living outside. Yeah, totally. And, you know, this will always be home, but it is an interesting thought prompt always that, you know, maybe I'll make moves on at some point but it's like where else could i live where else could i go um and that kind of comes back to the small townness of new york like you know i know a lot of people that have only been here and have never left and that new york is literally all they know and i'm kind of one of them you know like that in in a lot of ways um and i don't necessarily want to be like that forever <laughs> because i'm not from here that like i've had the exact same the exact opposite experience where it's like i don't know a lot of people from here and it seems like nobody here is from here. yeah i mean totally every time i see another new yorker there's just kind of like a a real understanding and immediate respect <laughs> yeah there's a lot of things that just like go unsaid that you all of a sudden know and understand and it's yeah you it's it's a special thing yeah, I, I think part of it too is is because I have something similar. I mean, I don't like I don't I don't tour in the way you tour, but I travel a lot for work, and I always there's always a part of me that wonders if I could live here, if, you know, like where wherever I'm at, and you know, you, you get to sort of vicariously like live in different places for a short period of time and like almost try them on for size. Yeah, I love I love that. I love that so much. I always yeah look up the price of everything where I am and see how expensive it is to live there and what different neighborhoods are and just kind of try it on for a little bit and see. Why is collaboration so difficult for you? Um, because I'm really stubborn <laughs> and I have a lot of opinions and uh, that's made me a really bad bandmate in the past. Um, and I don't think I really realized how much I had to say and how much I wanted to say. And it's also, you know, part of my musical upbringing is like, it's pretty solo. That's not entirely true. I've played in like groups and, and things like that. But in terms of like musical education or, or playing and lessons and things like that, or like classical music at the very least has been a very solo endeavor for the most part for me. Um, and so, you know, the thought of like sharing music with people or playing with people and being vulnerable in that way is really, really hard for me. And also because, you know, I, I feel like I live here, so it's like hard for me to like really communicate all the things that I, I want to do. <laughs> um, so, you know, the collaborators that I do keep, I, I do have, I, um, try to keep them around as much as I can. And why I also like playing with friends instead of, you know, random people. That's an in impulse I'm trying to be better about of having something very specific in my mind of the way that something should be and then trying to like outsource or have somebody else to d do it and not getting frustrated and just doing it myself because I know that I could like hew like more closely to, to what's in my mind. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's like, you know, the, the record process is also collaborative you know like it all kind of like starts with me and and me by myself for the most part but um you know Andrew Lappin was the engineer we were talking over text the other day and he was saying that the process of making the records is sort of like going being on a train and going through a tunnel 
and being in complete darkness and then seeing the light and just going toward the light. And I thought that was actually a really great way of putting it because we're all just kind of like, you know, like I have things in my head and then sometimes it's just not the right thing. And we end up finding something else or Andrew has an idea or Ben Chapito Katz, the music director for the project, like ends up having another idea or something, you know? So it is collaborative to a point. Um, it is, I mean, not to a point, it's very collaborative. Isn't there a sense in which you're kind of collaborating with, you know, your 13 year old self? Yeah, totally. I hope so. <laughs> That's always like confusing to me in the moment where, you know, I always have this dilemma of like, do I preserve this thing as it is? Or do I, do I, do I preserve this thing as it is? Or do I make it something new? Yeah, obviously you've, you've found success with this last record and success that you didn't expect to have. And I find understandably with a lot of musicians and artists in general that, you know, there's an impulse to just keep doing it that way because you had success that way. But are you trying to do it differently? I mean, are, are you trying out new things or do you feel like the, the process of making the, the next record is going to be fairly close to fatigue? I think, you know, everything kind of goes through the Taja filter, as I was kind of saying before. But I, you know, the whole point of this to me is to work through things that are really difficult for me and to keep finding new things that are difficult and figure them out like emotional emotionally difficult to um so like finding new things working through the old things and also just like the whole point is kind of to surprise myself so yeah it's gonna sound like me because that's just what i do but i but it's only worth it to me if i can kind of find ways to try something new is that's kind of the whole point of this whole thing if i'm not surprising myself then it's not it's not worth it 